This is Ed Cohen, editor of Global HR News and your broadcast host today on Global HR News Radio, coming to you from Washington, D.C., as well as here in San Diego, California. Our special guest today is Mr. Charles L. White, CAE and Master of Education. He's president of International Association of Movers. That's I-A-M-O-V-E-R-S dot org. IAM is moving and forwarding industry's largest global trade association, promoting the growth and success of its members for more than 50 years. You can follow Charles White on Twitter at IAM Military Guy, no spaces. So let's say hello, Charles White. Hello, Ed. Thank you for being our guest today. So you've been with IAM for a number of years, and now you're president. Correct. So what's your view of leadership? And then I want to ask you to say, well, you've been in the organization a long time, and now you're the boss. So first of all, what about leadership? And, And then talk to us about your own transition. Leadership. Well... Yeah, sure. My style is more toward uh, what I would call a servant leader. I think my job is to make the job for those around me the easiest that it can possibly be. And so I'm acting as facilitator, someone that is able to open the doors to have people do their jobs in the best way possible. So I think that focuses on my philosophy. Let me get out of the way and let people do what they do best in their jobs. Well, they trust you. They've known you for a long time. I think they do. And that's been really maybe the hardest, but the most interesting part of this is to, I've been with the organization going on 15 years now, and we have a very veteran staff. So I have worked with some of the folks on the staff for 10, 11, 12 years, and they now have to look at me in a very, very different role than they have for that entire time. And I I was a bit worried about that. Again, I've only been in my role since January of this year, so this is really new for them and, and new for me. And so I've been very excited about how they have adapted and accepted my new role within the organization and the and the new dynamic that works between what were colleagues, still think of us as colleagues, but in having to take direction and guidance from me rather than in the previous role. So it, it's been an interesting dynamic, but uh, again, I, I've got such a veteran staff. They've rolled with the punches pretty well, and uh, I think it's been a, a pretty seamless transition. So the International Association of Movers represents more than 2,000 companies in over 170 countries. Talk about diversity and inclusion. I mean, you're the epitome of that. No question about it. We do an annual conference every year. It's the largest conference and trade show in the moving industry in the world. And we bring together about 2,000 folks in a single location. And last year, we were in National Harbor, which is located right outside of Washington, D.C., and we had 110 countries represented at the meeting. It's every hue, every color, every language that you can possibly think of. But just like in just about every other business world, it's the green that really matters. And so everybody puts aside maybe the political or religious differences that they may have in the hope of acquiring business. So it's it's an incredibly interesting 
dynamic, vivacious meeting, let me tell you. So your next one is October 3 to 6 in Chicago? Mm-hmm. The association's first time being in Chicago. We are right downtown in Chicago, right off the magnificent mile at the at the Hyatt Regency downtown. Really, really excited about this meeting. We just opened up our registration two days ago, three days ago, and the response has been really, really impressive. So we're looking for hopefully a record-breaking type meeting and really an opportunity for IEM to uh, show itself off and, and then show off the city of Chicago. So uh, a lot of it is networking, so you have ample time for cocktails as well as walking around exhibits. Well, if you've ever been around movers, I'd say there's always ample time for cocktails. But, uh, yeah, no, no question about it. It really is an incredible energy that makes up this meeting. If there is an open space and two seats somewhere, people are sitting there trading business cards, trying to find ways that they can do business together. And networking is definitely the key word associated with our meeting. So it's not who you know, it's who knows you, right? Well, you have to make yourself known. The Internet became the vogue, and and we had different ways to communicate. There was a lot of thought in our industry that a meeting like ours may go the way of a dinosaur. And what we have found is the communication tools that the Internet allows have really grown within our industry. But there is nothing like getting face-to-face with someone, shaking that hand, building that personal relationship. And then the trust that's built in that type of dynamic allows for people to be able to trade and do business with one another. You may have a member who's in London who needs to have turnover a household good shipment to a partner in Rio de Janeiro. And if they don't have the confidence that this person is going to be able to handle their customer in the way that they need to be handled, then there's always that apprehension and idea that they've they've shaked, they've had a handshake with this individual, they've shared a cocktail with this individual, there's a trust that's built there because they've looked in their eyes, and I think that's part of the big value that our annual meeting brings to our industry. So it's one thing to send emails, but sitting three feet away from a person is really the goal. Yeah, it is. That personal relationship that you build in that face-to-face contact is so much more valuable than sharing those electrons across the internet. I think that we have found Again, you can go on the internet and you can find companies. You can send emails to get quotes on the handling of the work, but the opportunity to sit face-to-face and look into someone's eyes, I think, uh, really is what builds that trust. So let's talk about a couple of things, if I may, about the Mobility Exchange. Ray DeSilva's a product that seems to be growing rapidly. It's growing by leaps and bounds. So IAM entered into a partnership with what we're calling Mobility Exchange or IAM's Mobility Exchange. And we believe this is going to be the industry platform that will allow for outside of that opportunity once a year to get together that really will allow for collaboration. It's going to allow for trust. 
building, a number of other things that we hope that people will be able to engage in. And so we started this, we really launched it at our annual meeting a year and a half ago in October of 2017. And it, we have seen it just explode. The number of what we've done is we've taken a platform and used either public information, information that we have gathered from other trade associations that have been willing to allow us to consolidate databases of members that they may have. And it's, it's a dynamic platform that allows people to, to find trading partners. We've got about very close to 10,000 different entities involved on the platform. We have just surpassed our 200,000 search in this year and a half. And it really has become the place to go to be able to find trusted partners in the moving industry. And we've done that through partly through engaging what we're calling a validation process, where if an entity says it's got X qualifications, then they're providing the documentation to actually show that they have those qualifications. They have, if they say they've been in business for a hundred years, well, they're going to have to document that and show incorporation documents, et cetera, so that when you go online and you see a potential partner, you're able to see the documents, the validation that they are who they say they are and they can perform at the level that they say they can perform and you're able to actually see those documents to, to ensure that what they are saying is in fact correct. So it really is bringing a different comfort level between trading partners in the moving industry that's never been there before. So how many exhibits do you usually have in this annual meeting? We have typically, depending on the size of our exhibit hall, I think that's usually the limiting factor. But we average about 150 exhibitors from around the world that come in. They can be suppliers to the moving industry. They can be actual moving companies, steamship lines, a multitude of varieties of individuals trying to, in quotes, sell their wares to partners that are that are there. I really wish you well on that. And I wanted to now ask you about military. So let's just say uh, government GSA is different from Department of Defense. Is that correct? That's correct. I mean, really three different major programs in the U.S. government operate. There is the Department of Defense. They have their own household good moving program. You've got GSA, the Government Services Administration that runs a program that supports other non-DOD agencies. And then the largest that's also supported by GSA but has their own program is the Department of State. Those are the three biggies. But by far, the Department of Defense is the largest moving entity in the entire world, moving about 400,000 every single year. That is really huge. Now, how much of that is outside the U.S.? About 40% of that moves outside the U.S., so about 60% moves domestically, but 40% of that uh, 400,000 number moves internationally. Now, does that also mean inbound to the U.S.? 
Yes, that's both inbound and outbound to the U.S. is made up in that total 400,000. Well, I want to go a little deeper here. I'm understanding there's an initiative to outsource DOD's program to one provider. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like this in the entire world. So what the Department of Defense, the current makeup is they, they have approved entities in their program that they use the moniker transportation service providers. And there are slightly over 900 of those approved entities. What they are looking to do is to source that to a single entity, getting rid of all of those other 900 and taking one entity and making the overall move management organization for the entire Department of Defense. So all of those entities that were direct contractors previously, at best, would be subcontractors to this one sole source group. But our fear is that many of them will fall by the wayside, many of them being our members, and this single entity becomes the basically the monopoly throughout the Department of Defense. And then we see many second and third order effects that, that, that could come from that. But why are they doing this? Well, for a number of reasons, I think. Uh, the first is with the rise of social media, it has a lot of positives, but it's got a lot of negatives. And particularly this last, we operate in a very seasonal business. And during this last peak season, there were a number of dissatisfied customers that took the social media and gained some traction on social media that got the attention of a number of folks within Congress and within the U.S. Congress, some letter writing from a number of congressional offices went to the Department of Defense saying, what are you doing to improve the quality of service for the DOD service members? And then a, a new four-star general at the U.S. Transportation Command, the organization that oversees the household good program for DOD decided, hey, we need to get out of this business. We don't do it very well. I'd agree with that. And we're going to outsource this, contract this to a single entity and get it out from under our purview. And that was the impetus behind this. But they really haven't done any study. I mean, the things that they want to do are increase capacity. That's one of their major goals that's available to move DOD service members. They want to increase their customer satisfaction, and they want to reduce claims. Well, that's pretty much what every corporate account, every individual wants out of our relocation. But the problem comes by the fact that we have really compressed the peak moving season for the Department of Defense. When I got into the business in the mid-90s, we called peak season probably from the beginning of May to the end of August. Now peak season in the DOD moving industry is probably mid-May till first part of July. And we go from moving 5,000 shipments in a, in a week to 12 to 13,000 shipments in a week during that time. The demand just far surpasses what the supply that's available. Well, that is amazing crunch. 
So to what extent does technology help you or hurt? I'll tell you, there is a system that DOD currently utilizes and in development, never fully finished for the last 15 years. They call it the Defense Personal Property System. Personal property is the DOD vernacular for household goods. And this system is the linchpin for the entire moving process for DOD. We have both uh, DOD personnel, the transferees, the DOD service members that are moving, and the industry engaging in this system. And it has really never reached its full potential. And it's really been a, a, a problem throughout its life, cycle. And they're in the process now of trying to move to a new system, and that was really started, the development of that new system was started right before the announcement was made that they were going to look to contract this out. So we've got a very poor system that they've developed that's never really reached its potential. We've got a new system that they are developing that is based on the rules of the current system, and then we've got a contract that's going to be on the street very soon. And that will require the winner of that contract to develop their own. So the IT platforms that are either available or in process have never really met the requirements for the program. And that's been really a a real stumbling block for the program, I believe, since we transitioned to a program about 10 or 11 years ago. So is it possible, and again, I'm an outsider, so I need to understand more. So if this goes through, if this becomes a single source, wouldn't your organization want to make sure somehow that whoever gets that outsources or brings in partners from across the industry? Well, sure. What's been really interesting to watch is the kinds of entities that are now interested in household goods moving. Because consolidating this program under a single provider, a single contract winner, has brought all kinds of people out of the woodwork. So the DOD moving program is about a $2.5 billion program. And when you put all of that under a single provider, that has brought out interest with all the defense contractors, the Lockheed Martins, the Boeings, the Raytheons, those kinds of entities when you start putting a B behind the dollar value. Then we've got all of our typical van lines that operate in the domestic arena. We've got all of the relocation management companies that typically operate in the commercial arena and even all of the major steamship lines, ocean-going companies that are involved in typically in the international market. All of them have come to the table and raised their hand to say, hey, we have an interest in this. What I see is happening is consortiums are starting to build, partnerships are starting to build, because there's no single entity that's currently operating in the household goods arena that has anything close to 400,000 moves in a single year. So we have many members that stand to lose in a very large way. They are at best 
if they remain, going to be a subcontractor to this contractor, the least number of providers that it can possibly do and siphon off some of the revenue so that they are profitable. Many of the entities, publicly owned companies that are interested in that. So, you know, they're more interested in providing the value back to their shareholders than they are to propping up the moving industry. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this develops. So finally, as we come to a close here, I want to ask you about learning. Learning's a big deal in IAM, learning and technologies. Yeah. So again, going back to our mobility exchange discussion, that's really going to be the central hub of everything that we, we hope to do in the future. Our first area that we have focused on is on learning. We believe that we need to be the entity that is going to professionalize the moving industry across the world. So education, we think, is a critical piece, and we've started an initiative to provide learning tools to our members, and we're, we're continuing to build content that our membership can use, that they can professionalize their from the level of the crew that walks into the door to their move coordinators that engage with their customers to look at financial ways to increase the financial understanding of companies. So we're really looking at multiple levels on the learning side and eventually, what we're hoping to gear toward is a some type of certification program. When you introduced me, you talked about the fact that I'm a CAE. A CAE is a certified association executive. And, and that was a, a fairly rigorous program that I went through over a course of three years to attain the sit for a test and attain this level of certification. And then I have to take continuing education to maintain that certification. That's the kind of program that we are hoping to build through all of the learning and then developing a certification program to further professionalize the moving industry. As well, one of our newest initiatives, really it's just on the drawing board right now, is is to bring more standardization across the board in the moving industry. We're starting to see the use of electronic inventories. One of the things we are an accredited standards entity, and we've got certified through ISO, the International Standards Organization, for digital inventories and then how to share digital inventories amongst our companies that work together. So we're looking toward using that to establish a base and build what we're going to call a data hub where information can flow again. It would be through this mobility exchange so that information can be shared between partners. There are usually multiple layers within our supply chain and that they would all be able to come to a central location using standard processes to be able to gain and distribute and to share information. We've got big goals, big thoughts, and we think it's going to bring professionalism and standardization to the moving industry that we feel is so badly needed. Well, it's been really an education speaking with you, Charles, and I really appreciate your time 
And thank you once again for being our guest today on Global HR News Radio. It's super cool for me to have you involved. Charles White is president at International Association of Movers in the Washington, D.C. area. Charles White can be found on LinkedIn, of course, and the phone in Washington, 703-317-9950. And the website is iamovers.org. IAM is moving and forwarding industry's largest global trade association, promoting the growth and services of its members for more than 50 years. So thank you, and I appreciate all of your information. It's a lot, and I'm sure our listeners will find it fascinating, and they'll probably want to speak with you. Great, great. Thanks, Ed. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you, and would love to hear from any of your listeners who have any interest whatsoever in the moving industry. This is Ed Cohen, Charles White, coming to you from Washington, D.C. area, and I'm here in San Diego, California. Thank you. Global HR News Radio, signing off. Yes, I think to myself, what a wonderful day.